Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. We've been singing the songs of Christmas this morning, and I think the songs of the Christmas season comprise some of the best music available. And this hymn, this one that we sang uh, sang just a moment ago, certainly is a universal favorite. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come, let us adore him. That hymn is, was used in Catholic churches long before it ever became known to Protestants. But now, this many years later, of course, it's used universally around the world by churches and congregations of every denomination. This Christmas hymn was first penned by an Englishman by the name of John Wade in 1744. Then, uh, since it's been translated from the original Latin, it now appears in over 100 languages. It's a very popular Christmas carol. The vivid imagery of this carol seems to have meaning and appeal for people of all ages uh, and every culture. And the first verse that we commonly sing goes something like this. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. In the history of this hymn, there have been many different stanzas and different congregations sing them in different order, but this is usually the first stanza of this Christmas carol that we sing. And I think it's really an invitation to come and behold the king in joy. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a virgin named Mary. And Luke chapter 2 picks up the story in verse 4 and says, Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And then we're, we're told in the story that this, the angel of the Lord appears to the simple shepherds that are out in the hills keeping watch over their flocks. And at first they were afraid. They were afraid, but the angel reassures them and says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Well-known text. And then down in verse 15, it says, When the angels went away from them, the shepherds, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. The text of Holy Scripture says that they went with haste. They were in a hurry. They skedaddled out of the hills and off to Bethlehem where they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So their fear, their great fear at this heavenly proclamation was replaced with joy, great joy. 
They couldn't wait to see the king. Come on, let's go. And off they went to see the king. The angel declared that they should not be afraid. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Behold is not a word that we use in everyday uh, conversation these days. It's a bit of an archaic word. But many of the translations of Scripture have retained that word because it's a strong word that means more than, hey, yo, look. It means something much more than that. Yes, it, it means to look at something or to see something, but it also means to observe or, or witness something. It, it can mean to inspect or even contemplate something. And so when the angel says, fear not, behold, he's really saying, hey, let's take some time here to inspect this carefully. Listen carefully. Scrutinize what I'm saying. This is life-changing, life-altering information I'm about to share with you. I bring you good news of great joy. And during the Advent season... I think we should be inviting our friends and neighbors, classmates and workmates to behold, to to scrutinize, to contemplate this good news that we have to share. I mean, this is the time of year when people who are uh, somewhat religious are more open to the message of the gospel. Did you know that Christmas Eve continues to be the number one re-entry point for de-churched people? Even more than Easter. They will return to church. They will come to church. They'll attend a service on Christmas Eve before they'll attend any other service of the year. It, It continues to be, annually, it continues to be the number one draw back to church. So, man, we should be We should be encouraging people. Behold, there's a Christmas Eve service at the gathering. (laughs) Behold, we bring you good news of great joy. And by the way, we're not inviting them just to come to a church. We're not inviting them just to come to a religious service. We're inviting them to come and behold the Savior. We want to introduce people to Jesus So if you're here this morning as a guest, as a first-time visitor, please know that the gathering is all about that. We just long to, we're eager to introduce people to Jesus as a Savior. The next stanza of this wonderful Christmas carol goes like this. Sing choirs of angels, sing in exultation. Oh, sing all ye citizens of heaven above. Glory to God, all glory in the highest. So this seems to be an invitation to to come and lift your voice in worship. Like I tried to do this morning with a bad cold and couldn't lift it very very high or very loud. But it's it's an invitation to, to, to come together, lift our voices in worship. Luke chapter 2 verse 13, suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. 
This is really powerful, divine Christmas worship. And it's really worship at its best because it's worship that gives glory to God. So, so many of the songs today are, are centered on us and how we're feeling and how we're doing. And this is, this is really authentic worship that is gospel-centered and Christ-centered worship because it, it focuses on giving glory to God. I, I read a story a few weeks ago about a 15-year-old gang member named Rigo, who has been um, placed in a, uh, a prison for, for young offenders. And one day, Rigo was getting ready for a special worship service with all the other incarcerated youth in the facility when the chaplain just casually asked Rigo if his father was coming. Nah, he said, he's a heroin addict, never been part of my life, and he always used to beat me. I hope he doesn't come. Well, and then something snapped inside of Rigo as he remembered a childhood incident, and he began to sob. And then he began to sob so hard that he was rocking back and forth. He was just in so much pain. It took a few minutes for him to get control of himself, and when Rigo could finally speak again, he said to the chaplain, he used to beat me with a big pipe. My father beat me with a pipe. A few minutes later, the chaplain asked about his mom. And Rigo said, you see that little lady right over there? That's my mom. There's no one else on earth like my mom. I love my mom. And he said to the chaplain, do you know how many buses my mom takes every Sunday morning just to come and see me. Rigo started sobbing all over again with the same kind of intensity. You see, he'd been in this facility for a year and a half, and his mother came to see him every single Sunday. So when he finally got control of himself again, he said to the, to the chaplain, kind of panting through his sobs, seven buses. She takes seven buses just to get to me, just to come and see me. Seven buses. I got thinking about that story this week, and I thought, you know, we come together to lift up our voices in worship to God because we know He loves us. And because we know that our Father would, would get on 70 times 7 buses just to get to us if He had to. And He has. He, he's gone the distance. He took the journey that nobody else wanted to take. He was willing to send His only Son to the death so that we could have life and freedom and liberty. All throughout Jesus' ministry, his birth on Christmas morning, his meals with sinners, his healing of the sick, his death upon the cross, all of that showed us the heart of God and showed us that God will take a long journey every time just to get to us. 
because of His great love. So our response, come. Lift up your voice in worship. What, what, what other response could there be but a life of worship, a moment of worship, a season of worship, because the Father has taken that journey just for us. Well, the next stanza in the Christmas carol says, Yea, Lord, we greet Thee, born this happy morning. O Jesus, to Thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Isn't this an invitation to come and bow before the Lord in surrender? As you, so as you greet the Savior on Christmas morning, in the midst of all of your family traditions, whatever they might be, uh, whatever you do in them, we always open our stockings first and then we, you know, eventually graduate over to the presents. But we always start with the Christmas story. Even before, even when the kids were, you know, rug rats and ankle biters, we took time to read the Christmas story. We wanted to make sure they got the, the real story before the presents. But as you greet the Savior on Christmas morning, <clears throat> in the midst of your family celebrations, before you open the stockings, before you rip open the presents, before you have the turkey, why not kneel around the tree or a coffee table? Why not get on your knees and worship the Lord and, and bow before Him in fresh surrender? What, 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 a, what better way is there to to help our kids and our grandkids understand that this is really the story of Christmas. It's the really, really the reason that Jesus came was that our lives might be lived out in, in surrender and obedience to Him. I think of the wise men who visited Jesus and His family sometime after Jesus was born. Remember, they came from the east to Jerusalem, remember? <clears throat> Asking, where is the one who was born King of the Jews? And then the story goes on in Matthew chapter 2 to say that the star that they had seen when it rose uh, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, notice this next phrase, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Just kind of an awkward English phrase. But there's no better way to say it. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I mean, I'm, I think this was a happy moment. I, I think these guys were jacked up. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, that was even, they hadn't even seen Jesus yet. Going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, And they fell down and worshipped him. The idea here really is that they were prostrate on their faces before him. A child. And then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. 
They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And then they got flat out before God. A posture of humility. A posture of respect for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. They opened their treasures. And they offered Him all that they brought. All the gold, all the frankincense, all the myrrh that they brought with them. Given in worship as an act of surrender. And today, we come with open hearts. Ready to to give Him all that we have. And all that we are. And all that we ever hope to be. As an act of obedient surrender to God. We just fall down before Him in complete and utter surrender. At the age of 35, Christian psychologist and researcher Dr. Jamie Ayton was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer that had moved into his pelvis. And for the first six months, Jamie said, whenever he asked about his prognosis, all the oncologist would say to him is, I can't tell you that it's going to be good. If there's anybody you need to see or any place you want to visit, now's the time. Jamie said that he learned in this season of his life that the key to his situation was what he called spiritual surrender. In the article I read, he he says, I vividly remember taking the trash to the curb one winter morning while praying that God would heal me. The freezing air felt like tiny razor blades cutting across my hands and feet because of the nerve sensitivity caused by the chemotherapy. Wondering if God even heard my prayers for healing, I kept praying as I walked back into the house. And then all of a sudden, I just dropped to my knees and prayed the hardest prayer that I had ever prayed in my life. Instead of continuing to pray that God would heal me, I just asked God to look after my wife and look after my children if I didn't make it. This was the hardest prayer I had ever prayed. For the first time in my life, I truly experienced spiritual surrender. I finally understood that true spiritual surrender is a willful act of obedience. Yea, Lord, we greet Thee, born this happy morning. O Jesus, to Thee be all glory given. We sing it every Christmas, but do we understand all that that means? What does it it mean to give all glory to God? To give all the glory to Jesus? In, in your set of circumstances, in your situation in life right now, what does it mean for you to give glory to Jesus? What does that look like? 
What, what does that look like? In whatever form it might come, I, I think, I think it, it will look a lot like these grown men, these mature men, these educated, wise men from the East who, who, who simply came and, and fell down before Jesus in surrender to him. I think that's what it looks like giving Him glory as they presented their gifts to Him. I mean, we exist to bring glory to God through lives changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the vision of our church. And I think that our surrender this morning will look somewhat like these, these men who uh, perhaps not... We won't literally get on our faces, but certainly in our spirit, in our, in our soul, we will be flat out, absolutely surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ because of Christmas. And He invites us as faithful men and women and boys and girls to come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, yes, but obedient and surrendered also. What does that look like for you? Are you holding on to something in your life that only God should be holding on to? Yield yield to the Lord. Surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ today. Give up your will for God's will. Make God's ways your ways. Lay down the weapons of the flesh, especially when you're driving, and take up the fruit of the Spirit. Concede your battles, abandon your plans, renounce your selfishness. Surrender. Come and bow him before him this morning. The issues, the circumstances in your life are different than mine. But this morning, God just really messed my heart up as I went over my notes. I, I, I mean, I was in no shape to preach this morning at 5 o'clock when I was going over my notes. Because our daughter Jamie had a terrible day yesterday. She had a 30-minute seizure in the morning when Patty and I weren't even there. The worker who happened to be with Jamie in the morning is a registered nurse and very capable. She admitted later that for the first time in her care of Jamie, she actually gave her CPR because she thought that Jamie was, was dying. And then we were just stumbling along, trying to recover from all of that yesterday morning. And we had guests in our home for our neighborhood fellowship Christmas event. And right there in the living room with 
brand new people who'd never met Jamie before, never spent any time with her. She has another seizure. And I'm sitting there this morning at 5 o'clock, going over my notes, ready to encourage you to surrender to God. And the Holy Spirit said to me, what about you? What about you, Garth? Will you surrender Jamie to me again? Will you put it all on the altar this morning? Will you do whatever it takes to give honor and glory to me for the rest of your life? And so, yes, I was flat out on a clean floor in my family room this morning, but flat out before God, just saying, Lord, I, I give up. I can't take care of her. I can't stop these seizures. We don't know what's going on. But even though the fig tree will not blossom, and even though there be no cattle in the stalls, and even if the locusts eat everything, I will praise you. Because you are my God. I'm wondering what it would look like for you to surrender this morning. To come, all ye faithful, before the Lord God of heaven and earth. The one who sent his son to prove to you beyond a shadow of a doubt that he loves you. And he can take care of anything and everything that you offer to him. Gold, frankincense, or myrrh, or anything else you might bring. He's willing to receive it, accept it, and consider it your offering to him today. Are you holding on to anything? Reluctant to let go? Hesitant to bow down in worship and surrender? It's not worth it. Holding back, holding out, hanging on is not worth it. Let God have his way this morning. Let's pray. In your presence, Father, we bow this morning. Incredibly, unbelievably grateful that you sent your son, Jesus, to fix things in our lives, to show us once and for all that you love us, that you care about us, that you empathize and sympathize with our weaknesses and our, our frailty and our brokenness. And Lord, we just come before you this morning in a, a spirit of confession and repentance. Ah, some of us have lived this week or this year or our whole lives with the attitude that it's all about us. It's all about me. Oh God, forgive us for such pride and arrogance and stupidity. 
We humble ourselves before you this morning like those wise men did so many years ago when they came and rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, but they also threw themselves down in your presence, humbled themselves before you because they knew that you were the King of glory. They knew that you were the King of kings and Lord of lords. And Father, so do we. And so we come afresh this morning in a willful act of obedience to surrender our lives to you afresh. Our circumstances, our situations are so different. If there be 200 people in the gathering, there are 200 different sets of circumstances. But Lord, nothing is impossible for you. And I know that you can meet the need of every heart and, 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 and meet the, the needs of every family represented here in the gathering, including our guests today. Oh, Father, I, I pray that you will minister to us in the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing us all of us, to that tender place of, of, of utter and complete obedience and worship to you. We hear the invitation, Oh, come, all ye faithful. And we're coming now to you in the name of Jesus with our requests and our needs and our petitions. May Jesus Christ be praised. Amen.